Hello and welcome to the Real Life Real Talk Podcast. I am your host, William Carr. The topic for today's conversation is the way to a well-balanced life through your spirit, soul, and the body. The conversation about mental health has been one of those conversations most people avoid. The reasons that are given are a shame, feeling guilty, feeling unsafe, not knowing who to talk to, and in denial. If you are feeling overwhelmed, disconnected, or out of balance, allow me to suggest seeking a licensed professional counselor or a board-certified coach that uses biblical principles as a foundation. In our conversation today, I will share information on maintaining a well-balanced life. I think there is a connection between a well-balanced life and mental health. Over the next few episodes, I will be presenting research on how keeping balance in our lives will alleviate unnecessary stress and anxiety. Mental health issues have always been a concern in America. Since the pandemic, the concerns and problems have become even greater. Some of the issues that have increase the concerns are having to shelter in place, maintain business entities, educating our children, and personal relationships have declined. Cases of anxiety have increased. There is more report of cases of depression, alternate ways of coping with everyday problems such as alcohol, drugs, and suicide. Here are some other statistics. One out of five individuals suffer with mental health issues. 14 million people have mental health problems. Two, 75% of mental health disorders are in place before individuals reach age 24. And three, half of these have disorders before reaching age 14. A mental health is defined as a clinically significant disruption of a person's thoughts, moods, behavior, or ability to relate to others that is severe enough to require treatment or intervention. As a mental health coach, life coach, and resource manager, I function as an intervention to assist individuals in making decisions about their life. When making decisions, there should be an anticipated or an expected outcome. Decisions making calls for a plan to be developed and execute to restore the balance in our lives. It takes thought, effort, and time. I will share how to get connected or reconnected to a well-balanced life. This connection is not new. In fact, it is part of who we are. The concerns have been we have become disconnected over time, and this disconnection has tossed our lives into a downward spiral. This spiral has gained momentum and will continue to gain momentum until we can reconnect and regaining our balance through our spirit, soul, and body, which comes from the source of who we are. The disconnects are 
global warming, the COVID pandemic, social unrest, financial instability, unhealthy relationships, and the lack of mental health awareness are just a few. Regardless of the challenges or concerns, there are three things that should have an influence on our decision-making process. We need to rely on the principle of our spirit, soul, and body to have a well-balanced life. Have you heard people refer to a situation using their full body, soul, and spirit or something like that? The principle used in that order can be considered the disconnect. Here is an analogy. You have a medical concern and you go to your physician. His instructions to you are to take three pills. Pill A in the morning, pill B in the evening, and pill C at night before bedtime. He wrote down the prescription and gave it to you. The next day you started your medication but you did not take them in the order that the physician prescribed. What do you think your results will be if you took the medication the way you wanted to? In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 14 through 23, we are encouraged to 1. Exhort 2. Comfort 3. Support 4. Be patient 5. Do good 6. Rejoice 7. Pray and number 8. Give thanks When we do this, God will sanctify us and the whole spirit, soul, and body will be preserved blameless when we say body, soul, and spirit, we are applying our faith and strength in the wrong order. When it relates to our well-being, our physical and mental health, we need to have the relationship of spirit, soul, and body in that order. All three must agree with each other when we are making decisions about a well-balanced life. Our spirit, soul, and body connect us to our Creator, and the relationship we have with him should be used respectfully in that order to maintain a well-balanced life. As an example, when making decisions about spiritual well-being using the soul and the body only, decision is incomplete and can be subjected to getting an incorrect outcome. When making decisions about spiritual matters, we must give reverence to our Creator. God is the Spirit, and we should reverence Him in spirit. When making decisions about our body, our body should agree with our spirit and soul. I created a chart to help present the information in an orderly way so I could understand how to present it to you. At the top of the chart is the Creator. And from the Creator, there are three prongs. The first prong is spirit. The second prong in the middle is soul. And the third prong at the end is body. On the spirit, there are three tiers. One, spiritual relationship with God. Two, spiritual growth, spiritual maturity. And three, purpose. On the soul, there are tiers. Intellect slash mind, well-being, slash wellness, financial well-being. 
Under the body, we have one, a well-balanced life, two, physical and mental awareness, and three, relationship with others. All three, spirit, soul, and body, lead to a better understanding of our relationship with the Creator and a better understanding of our relationship with each other. The following information will give some insight into the relationship of the spirit, soul, and body and its effect on a well-balanced life. I can think of no other way to experience a well-balanced life than to have a relationship with the Creator, particularly when it comes to our spiritual well-being. A spiritual relationship with the Creator is more than a relationship with anyone else in your life. Also, it is the epitome of love, trust, and fellowship in a relationship. It means knowing Him and to be known by Him. Getting to know the Creator is much more than going to church and reading the Bible. There are ways to experience the Creator in a deeper sense. It requires talking with Him and expressing your wanting to know Him better. Also, it requires believing the first and great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. As is found in Luke chapter 10 verse 27. Loving God must be shown in the love you have for people. A spiritual relationship is experiencing harmony, understanding, and peace with the Creator and you. This relationship is a partnership where each partner does what they're supposed to do. The Creator shows love and compassion to us. The greatest gift of kindness and love are shown when we spread the same courtesy to others. We can create a closer relationship with the Creator by communicating with Him regularly through prayer and listening to Him as we meditate. Communicating and listening will help us grow spiritually and develop an intentional and stronger relationship with Him. Spiritual growth means going beyond the mind and the ego and realizing who you really are. Also, spiritual growth involves recognizing your values, beliefs, and purpose. Achieving spiritual wellness is both physical and mental. Spiritual growth helps us to lessen the challenges of life and will enable us to spring back from difficult experiences. When we start to grow spiritually, we can recognize how healthier it is to develop compassion and understanding for those who are less fortunate than we are. Spiritual growth is guided by our core values and principles. We are growing spiritually when we feel connected with other people. You do not accept things at face value but have learned to ask questions. Your views and opinions of life have changed and creating a lifestyle that is different from the previous one. Spiritual growth is the process of emergence. It means going beyond the mind and the self and realizing who you really are. Spiritual growth is significant for everyone. 
and in all levels of society. Growing spiritually requires understanding sanctification and justification, understanding who made the change in your life, using what God entrusted us with, developing leadership qualities as you are participating in ministry, and begin the process of replication. The spiritually mature consciously and carefully chooses to develop life habits consistent with core values such as love, compassion, empathy, giving, and godly living. According to Stephen Rankin's 2020, in his book, Aiming at Maturity, he states, and I quote, The goal of the Christian life defines a spiritually mature Christian as one whose whole character, dispositions, words, and actions emulates the character of Jesus Christ himself. For a Christian, though likeness to Christ is the goal of our election and, our, and the purpose of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Viewed from another angle, spiritual maturity is measured the same way the maturity of a fruit tree by the amount and the quality of its fruit. Specifically, what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit, we are not talking about some hyper-spiritualistic drama. Rather, the Bible tells us what the fruit is that the Holy Spirit works in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the measure of spiritual maturity. The spiritually mature person is living with the universal message. We are all brothers and sisters and we must move beyond sibling rivalry. Spiritual maturity is measured by our oneness to Christ. One of the ways we can find or achieve spiritual maturity is by finding purpose in life. For the last few years, we have experienced difficult challenges. Some challenges were more devastating for some than for others. We can agree we have experienced challenges at some point in our lives. During these challenging moments, we may have lost our sense of purpose. You may have just discovered your purpose when these challenges occurred and you lost your momentum in seeking your purpose. There are people who have not found their purpose in life. Here are questions to consider as we get back to where we were in our earlier life. Are you ready to reestablish your purpose in life? Or are you ready to discover your purpose in life? Regardless of where you are in life right now, there are ways you can start living your life on purpose. Allow me the privilege of making some suggestions or encouragement to you on things you can consider in searching for purpose. First, Take an inventory of your strengths and weaknesses. Enhance your strengths and lessen your weaknesses. Discover how to transform your skills that will enable you to be beneficial. Secondly, being on purpose is the way to change low esteem and construct opportunities as you help others to grow. When you change the way you think, 
you can change the way you respond to outcomes that are unknown. Third, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Taking care of your mind and body have double benefit. Four, life's challenges become less when you are living on purpose. This is probably because you create skills that help you to prioritize your activities. Choosing to follow a life with purpose will expand you. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Luke 12, chapter, verse 48. Fifth, life is more peaceful when you are on purpose. Six, living a meaningful life opens your heart to feel thankful. You are grateful for what you have and can enjoy with peace. According to Stephanie Hooker from Psychology Today, she, and I quote, When you live a purposeful life, you acknowledge the difference between needs and wants. When you are living a happy life, you can adopt healthy coping strategies when dealing with stress. End of quote. As you live on purpose, you began to understand the challenges of life. Seven, living on purpose helps you to understand the core values you have established. There are articles and books about living on purpose that is too numerous to mention. The ideas and information stated in these publications may vary a little. From what I have read, the ideas and information do not vary to a large degree. One of the ideas I suggest is to create a plan to work from to achieve your goals. A specific plan I recommend is called SMART. That's an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Timely Plan. You can find information about SMART goals on the internet. I have concluded our life's purpose is inadequate if we have not aligned our purpose with the purpose the Creator has for our lives. Your purpose in life has little to do with you and everything to do with others. I have done research on the question, what is my purpose in life? Depending on your point of view, that question can be answered in several ways. From a spiritual perspective, the question has been already answered. To understand the answer to the question from a spiritual perspective, you need a clear distinction on what I want to do in life and what is my purpose in life. They may or may not be the same. Also, what is the reason you want to know your purpose? There have been books and articles written on the subject of finding purpose. Most of the materials I have read, except for one, give answers that will satisfy your question or questions with a lot of with a list of things to do or not to do. Those solutions direct the attention to extrinsic values. Although I do not have a big problem with that, I suggest it is in the wrong order. From a spiritual perspective, according to Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 8 through 11. The Creator tells us not to be deceived by those who bring messages 
or talk about dreams or encouragement. The Creator knows the plan He has for believers. Those plans are for us to prosper and to give hope for the future. Therefore, if you want to know your purpose, ask the Creator. After you affirm your purpose, this will be an enjoyable time to prepare or create a list of things that align with the purpose of the Creator has for you. I will share some general thoughts about the preparation you can consider. These suggestions will be of a practical sense and agree with most experts about finding and knowing your purpose. A life without purpose would create fear, worry, and poverty. Since you want to live a meaningful life, pay attention to how you think. Your thinking patterns will clarify your purpose. As a man thinks, so is he. As you work toward being on purpose, you will realize your gifts and unseen talents. By acknowledging who you are, you will be empowered to improve yourself. You will invite new undertakings and be more confident in your life. Start your journey in determining being on purpose by asking yourself, what is the purpose of life? What is the legacy that I want to leave behind? What will people say about me when I leave the world? What difference have I made in other people's lives? The answer will help you determine what you want, what you would like your purpose to be, and how to be on purpose in life. There are steps we can take to get back to balance in our life. It is important not to try to make all the changes needed at one time. To be successful, make smaller, gradual steps. Here are ways you can start. Spend quality time with friends and family. Spend extra time building healthy relationships. Prioritize and then make better choices. Avoid trying to do everything at one time. Take care of your health first. That includes both mental and physical health. If you are a caregiver or caretaker and you want to continue helping others, you must first take care of yourself. Elude unhealthy practices and situations, drugs, other chemicals, and negative re relationships are just as contaminating. Take time for yourself. Allow time just for yourself. Find something you like to do and have fun doing it. Set a goal for yourself. Create incentives and give yourself a prize or prizes after you complete the task you started. At each milestone, give yourself a delight. Start enjoying the environment. Take a stroll in the park, visit local shopping centers, or take a field trip to a market that is not far. Learning a new language or a new craft will be important and remember to have fun. Here are ways to tell when your life is out of balance. Your to-do list is becoming boring. You are not making progress and it seems as if you are moving in one spot. You feel overcome and tired of what you are doing. You tend to drift and not stay focused and you have no purpose or no priority. These strategies that will work differently for others. 
and you may have more success with some than others. The thought is to create a balance between long-term and short-term goals. Creating a balance between your action and your behavior is important to your health and mental well-being. The desire to create that change only comes from within. To have balance in your life, do these things. Take the time to think about the choices you make. Call time out. Take a deep breath and reorganize. Remember, you will not always be able to get everything done. Be imaginative with your time and learn to perfect your time management skills. You will have to say no sometimes. Enjoy a purposeful life. A life oriented around purpose is one that is much easier to keep in balance. When you consider a purposeful life, you can also consider a well-balanced life. A well-balanced life consists of spiritual wellness, physical wellness, emotional wellness, social wellness, intellectual wellness, and environmental wellness. This is not an exhaustive list of wellness considerations, but does consider the primary one. And we have to remember our brain plays an important part in our wellness. Our brain is the most delicate, intricate, and mysterious part of our body, and we do not completely understand how it works. It controls our functions, and conversely, there are many parts of our bodies that affect our brains. Our brains is affected by internal and external stimuli, intrinsic and extrinsic modifications, conscious and subconscious activities, and sometimes unconscious activity. There are factors that affect the brain and the way it responds. Two of these factors are conditioning and adaptation. And you can check the internet for more information on Ivan Pavlov's theory and is sharpened by the acceptance of adapting to the stimuli. On one side of the sword are conditional responses. It's the ability to learn how to utilize the stimuli in ways that are beneficial and will help you grow. The other side of the sword is dangerous and not understanding the utilization of the stimuli can be detrimental. For example, people in marketing and sale promotion use the conditioning process continuously. They advertise and advertise their products with words and graphics to make us more familiar with the products. Then one day while you're in the market, you pick up a product and when you get home, you wonder well, why you purchased this product. Visualize what an outcome could have been if the stimulus was negative. Another way our brain helps us learn is through diverse ways. People learn in diverse ways, but the process is the same. I would explain what I mean by using an acronym. It is spelled R E P. P-O-O-R-H. It is pronounced rep The H is silent. The letter stands for 
repetition, exercise, perfect practice, over, over, reinforce habit. This acronym is an example of conditioning and adaptation. Rapport is used to assist in learning. It can be used to help us learn positive behaviors or negative behaviors. It is a two-edged sword that cuts both ways silently, just like the H in rapport. Another part of our well-being comes in our financial wellness. There's a lot to be said about financial matters. I have presented information on financial matters in previous podcasts at wc2277.podbean.com and it's under Real Life, Real Talk Podcast with William Carr. The best information I have learned about financial matters, wealth, riches, and money, is to learn how to give. The best advice I can give comes from the scripture. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38 states, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. But with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When you learn how to give, you learn how to live. And our body, as you well know, is connected to the brain functioning. If you want to put it another way, the brains help our body to function. Most experts will agree that a balanced life consists of the following dimensions of wellness. Mental health, physical health, emotional wellness, spiritual, social, environmental, and financial. To be considered well, it is vital we do not neglect any of these areas. It is imperative that we give absolute care to them because they hold a balance to our well-being. A balanced life could mean something different to everyone. But a well-balanced life should reveal commonalities for everyone. We are all different and live different lives, have different responsibilities, perform our responsibilities differently, and what works for you may not work for me. Because balance is different for everyone, we should strive for a well-balanced life every day. The eight dimensions mentioned earlier should all work together to ensure a balanced life and well-being. I want to emphasize two of the eight, mental health and physical health. In mental health, mental health is all about having a healthy and positive mindset. It is important to develop a mindset that helps with clarity, confidence, the ability to learn and grow, new skills, be creative, and think independently. Activities that help our mental health are meditation, read or learn something new, take a mental break from social media or technology, and journal your thoughts. Physical health. Physical health demands ensuring we take care of our bodies through healthy, balanced nutrition, exercise, and proper sleep. Our bodies are our temples, and when we take care of them properly, we help them to function properly 
and increased energy levels. Activity that encourages physical health are getting seven to eight hours of sleep, eating healthy whole foods, drinking lots of water and exercise. The benefits of a balanced life are less stress, improved mental health, better physical health, the ability to have a longer life, and improved relationships. There are signs that triggers when your life is out of balance. Your to-do list is a tremendous size. You feel remarkably busy all the time. You feel burned out. You are constantly tired, irritable with headaches or other physical and emotional stress. There are ways to bring your life back into balance. You can acknowledge and accept that you cannot do everything all the time. You only have so many resources such as time, energy, and money. While it is understandable to want to be successful, you are only one person and cannot always do it all. When you feel overwhelmed, stop and regroup. All you can do is all you can do and that is enough. You cannot do all that's need to be done all the time. Do not beat yourself up about it. When you take in consideration what is said in point one, you must learn to utilize the best uses of your time. Time management is a misnomer. There's no such thing as time management. Everyone has the same amount of time each day. One needs to manage self and the usage of that time. Schedule time for yourself. Take care of yourself. Then you can take care of others. If you do not take care of yourself, who will? You need to conserve your health and well-being. You should be your own best friend first, and then you will be able to invest into the lives of others. Be purposeful in resting, in playing, and in growing. Live with purpose. A life focused on an enthusiastic purpose is one that is much easier to keep in balance. The best life balance plan is different for each of us because we all have different priorities and different lives. When we retire, there's always something to do. We have a choice about how to live our lives but activities we engage in and the people we want to build a relationship with. To remain physically healthy, one must continue to do physical activities at least 30 minutes to three to four times a week. Exercise will help you manage stressful situations. No tobacco, alcohol, or other drugs. And seven to nine hours of restful sleep and control meal portions that include a variety of fruits and vegetables. Creating a balance between how you think, how you work, and spend your time is essential to your long-term health and well-being. The desire to create that change only comes from within. In summary, maintaining our mental health and well-being can be easy if we Spend time with friends, loved ones, and people we trust. 
talk about or express our feelings regularly, reduce alcohol consumption, avoid illicit drug use, keep active and eat well, develop new skills and challenge your capabilities, relax and enjoy your hobbies, and set realistic goals. Relationships with others. Having a relationship with others may mean something different depending on what you want to accomplish. What does a relationship with others mean? A meaningful relationship is characterized as a relationship that is of personal significance, healthy, caring, and long-lasting, and is one we could not do without. It is with a person who helps us grow, supports, and encourages us, and is there when needed. A meaningful relationship depends upon certain characteristics of those involved. To ensure you have a relationship that is meaningful, you can use this advice. Become a better listener. Ask relevant questions. Acknowledge the whole person and not just some certain aspects. Remember things that are important to others. Be consistent in your action. Any diversion may call for an explanation and be open and ready to communicate. Relationships with others help to build strong connection and is helpful in overcoming personal challenges. The different relationships we have throughout our lives may include family, friends, neighbor, and long-time associates. A healthy relationship can be determined by being honest and open, trustworthy, learning to compromise, and developing effective communication channels with all parties involved. Individuals respect of each other's self-sufficiency and allowing one to make their decision without fear of vengeance or reprisal. What makes a relationship positive and strong? According to some authorities, the central part of a healthy relationship is nourishing communication. A positive relationship can be shared between any two persons who support, encourage, and help each other with practical experiences. A strong relationship can be considered a unit. This is accomplished by working together and supporting each other. When things go wrong, you can count on each other to help through the challenging times. As stated earlier, it is essential that a relationship demonstrate these characteristics to remain healthy. Open communication, listening and being heard, working through disagreements, mutual intimacy, and trust. I conclude this conversation similar to how I started it. I am still surprised how people make decisions, but not as much. In my preparation for this conversation, I made assumptions. In my reading of various materials while doing my research, it became clear to me my well-being is dependent. It is my understanding that the spirit, soul, and body has a tremendous effect on my well-being. I can truthfully say when my life was out of balance, 
It was because I failed to use what I knew to keep my life in balance. Because of that failure, I paid the cost of not having a well-balanced life. In summarizing what I have heard, to have a well-balanced life, you must be determined to live in spirit, soul, and body, in that order and no other way. Why the spirit, soul, and body are the right way to maintain a well-balanced life? I came to this conclusion by reading the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Well, but most importantly, in the book of Genesis, we are given our foundation and our existence in the beginning. That foundation and existence are in the Creator. In the book of Genesis, the Creator made man, or humankind, in his image. In the book of Hebrews, it states, the Creator is a spirit. And man was made in his image. The creator formed man in a, into a shape from the earth he had created. At that point, there is a lifeless body of dirt that the creator will use for his purpose. The creator breathed into the body of the dirt the breath of life. And man became a living soul. From the beginning, humankind is a spirit who has a soul and a body. The Creator made mankind to have a relationship with Him. When we communicate with Him, we must communicate with Him in spirit. That communication is defined by our soul, which determines how our mind, intellect, will respond and is transmitted to our body for a reaction or a response. When making decisions about our well-being, the reverse should not be used. This process is solidified through continuous understanding. Spiritual growth is a conduit to knowing and understanding our purpose that the Creator has for us. As our purpose becomes clear, our intellect increases concerning our well-being. Our physical and mental wellness becomes less in jeopardy, and we will make better decisions about our health, mental and physical activities, which improves our well-balanced life. Finally, as we build on our relationship with the Creator, we must keep in mind the Creator loves us and He prepares us to love Him, ourselves, and others. By doing this, we can keep a well-balanced life and emerge from the weight and the cares that keep us from rising to the top. I leave you with these final words from the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who called you is faithful, and he will do it. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you have comments or observations about the podcast, you can send them to one 
reallifeministries at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please share it with family and friends. If you'd like to be notified about new episodes, go to my website, https colon slash slash wc2277.podbean.com and click on follow. Until the next time, consider the information that was given today and see if there are any practical application for your life. References to the materials in this podcast are available by contacting the Real Life Ministries at onerealifeministry@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And remember to keep it real. <music>